The Bears entered the 2023 season on a 10-game losing streak uh, from the end of last season. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by Patrick Finley of the Chicago Sun-Times. And, Patrick, good to have you. And the Bears last year with new general manager Ryan Poles gutted the roster and pretty much started from scratch. How would you describe the Bears' approach heading into this season? Uh, they got to figure out what they have in Justin Fields. Justin Fields uh, was exciting last year, but was also one of the worst passers among all 32 starters in the league. Uh, this is the year that they surround him with better players and see what he can do, because at the end of the season uh, will be the first time that he could either get a contract extension or the Bears could go in another direction. You know, that trade when they gave up the number one overall pick to the Panthers, they got the Panthers' first-round pick uh, this upcoming season. So, Fields isn't what they want him to be. They will have two firsts going into a quarterback draft that is uh, one of the best in recent years. So what are realistic expectations for Fields this season, and what do you think he needs to do for the Bears to be interested in giving him that contract extension? I think he's such a remarkable athlete and such a dynamic runner that if he could be a league average passer, that would be uh, that would be enough. Uh, you know, they brought in DJ Moore as part of that Panthers trade. He's their number one receiver. And, you know, you see him in camp, and uh, they look like they've been playing together for years. That's a really good thing. Darnell Mooney, who finished the season uh, on the injured list, is back. Uh, he slots in as a really nice number two receiver. And then they have Chase Claypool, who was a massive disappointment in his eight games or so with the Bears. But, you know, if, if they can figure him out, those are three pretty good receivers now that you've surrounded uh, Justin Fields with. You know, you combine that with a run game that last year was the best in the NFL, and you might have some. Uh, let's go back to Fields here for a second. I'm actually, you know, I'm an Ohio State fan. Uh, he had some injuries in college. He took some shots last year. Yep. How can he protect himself better? Because you know, he takes some hellacious hits. First of all, he's <laughs> boy is he tough. He is. Uh, uh, he takes hits and he gets up for the most part, and that was really yep. impressive. Uh, the Bears surrounding him with a better offensive line is a good start. Uh, you know, their first round draft pick, Darnell Wright, the tackle from Tennessee. Uh, you know, slots in as a starter right away. They spent money on a, on a guard from the Titans and then shuffled into a couple other positions. So they hope that's better. The other thing, though, is he's got to throw the ball away. <laughs> you know, and if I, had yeah. Fields, uh, if I had Justin Fields' legs or his moves, maybe I wouldn't throw the ball away either because, uh, you, know, you know, one minute it's a disaster and the next minute it's a 50-yard run. But, uh, but he needs to know what he's said to write and he needs to get rid of it and not take that hit. Uh, last year, uh, I think he was sacked. His sack percentage last year on dropbacks, I think only two other quarterbacks had been sacked more often uh, kind of in the history of the modern NFL since the merger or something mm. like that. So it, it's a problem, and uh, and it's universal. It's, it's him, it's the offensive line. And it's quite frankly the Bears losing so many games that they're throwing a lot you know, in the fourth quarter and in desperate situations. If they can play kind of more normal football, I think that will go down to the Okay, so let's get into this offensive line and the running game a little bit. The offensive line should be improved, but they got lots of players changing places, and they do have some running back options. So, how might all that shake out? Do you think? Yeah, they uh, they had David Montgomery, who I thought was a pretty good running back, and uh, they yeah. offered him roughly roughly what the Lions offered him, and Montgomery decided he'd rather go to Detroit. Uh, he said afterwards that he was tired of losing, and it might have been the first time anybody's ever gone to the Lions because they're tired of losing. Um, they replaced him with. <laughs> They replaced him with Dante Foreman, who was who was in Carolina last year on a one-year deal. They got Khalil Herbert, who last year, believe it or not, was uh, or had the uh, 
um, the highest yards per carry of any running back in the NFL last season. Uh, and, uh, and they drafted a guy named Roshan Johnson. Roshan Johnson, to me, is super interesting. He, he came from Texas yeah. where he was the backup for B. John Robinson. And uh, it, it did pretty well in his limited uh, touches there. But if the name of the game in the NFL right now is to uh, – is, is to uh, not have tread on your tires as a running back. This is the guy who doesn't have the same amount of tread as a lot of college players. So those three will uh, have some sort of three-headed monster situation going on. Uh, I imagine Foreman will get the first carry of the season probably, but long-term I, I think Johnson has a chance to be really, really interesting for them. I'm glad you brought him up. I'm uh, very curious. You know, you know, Obviously, we watched Bijan Robinson. You used to work in Tucson, so you know him yep. too. So we watched plen- tons of Texas football last year, and Johnson just got my attention. You know, I knew I was getting out of Bijan, but Johnson, I, you know, this is you know, a quasi fantasy question. I'm in a deep fantasy league. How interested should I be in drafting him? <laughs> I, I've been telling people since the draft that if you're at, uh, because people do ask me uh, uh, the real fantasy questions. In, uh, just kind of in real life, whether it's picking my kid up from school or, or, or whatever. And Roshan Johnson's the first name I mentioned. And it's just, you know, you don't need me to tell you that D.J. Moore's a pretty good football player. You don't need to, me to tell you that Justin Fields is probably going to get drafted pretty high uh, just because of his running ability. But uh, if you're looking for something in round 10, uh, Roshan Johnson, I think, is a really good idea. Okay, so you mentioned more. How much is expected out of him? What do you think he might end up doing? Uh, just How much has he improved this offense? This is how bad uh, the Bears' passing game has been hit for. D.J. Moore, through his first five seasons, had he played those in Chicago, he would be, all, he would be the all-time career-receiving leader for the Bears in terms of yards. <laughs> wow. Isn't that insane? Um, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, it's... It, the Bears have never, as long as I'm on, top, on the topic, the Bears have never had a 4,000-yard passer ever. And I think every other team in the league has had more than one. So uh, it's, been a long, it's been a long 103 years here in Chicago. But uh, I think T.J. Moore, you know, you're obviously shooting for more than 1,000 yards out of him. But what you really want from him is to be Justin Fields' security blanket. You know, when they're, when they're in a, you know, and they got to have it situation on third and six, uh, it's going to be T.J. Moore. And I think that's really good. You look at the receivers that have been on the Bears the last couple of years. Uh, Justin has never had anybody like him. And, you know, from a, a combination of reliability, size, and skill, uh, I, I think that's, that's all, all you wanted this offseason was to end up with a receiver like him, and the Bears found a way to do it. Uh, Darnell Mooney, he had really good connections with, but I think DJ Moore is going to get uh, the preponderance of the targets. Uh, and, you know, and the Bears, you know, for once have receivers at the other two spots there that I don't think you can go doubling DJ Moore every game either. Patrick Finley, Chicago Sun-Times, currently in the sports zone. we previewing the Bears here. The defense was awful last season, among other things. They allowed the most points in the league, and they were historically bad for the Bears since World War II. That's a long time. <laughs> uh, not even I was around in World War II. Uh, head coach Matt Eberflus has a defensive background. How much should this 2023 defense uh, improve? <laughs> There's nowhere to go but up, right? Uh, That's correct. This is a city that really cares about defense. This is a city that yes. cares about linebackers. And, and you, know, you know, last year, here's what the Bears did. You know, in the middle of the season, the Bears traded Ro- Roquan Smith, who was their best linebacker since Brian Urlacher, uh, to the Ravens. And then they traded Robert Quinn. And all Quinn had done the previous season was set their single-season franchise record with 17 and a half sacks. So those two guys got traded midseason, and it only went downhill from there. 
Uh, the Bears didn't win another game, and the defense just shriveled up. Uh, they have added Tremaine Edmonds, the old Bills linebacker, who is about the tallest middle linebacker any of us have ever seen. Uh, they gave him a lot of money to come be in the middle. Uh, T.J. Edwards was on that Eagles NFC Championship game. He'll play the weak side. Uh, and so, you know, they're set there. They've got a pretty good young uh, defensive backfield. But, man, they cannot rush the passer. They were last in the league in sacks uh, last season. I looked this up yesterday. I think on downs in which they did not do it last year, I think the Bears uh, sacked the quarterback 2% of the time, uh, which is not good. It's the worst, worst in the league. And, and they haven't brought in a whole lot of guys to actually fix that on the edge rusher side. In fact, I would not be surprised if uh, they find one of those free agents that are still out there at some point in the next couple of weeks. You know, right now, they have Marcus Walker, who had seven sacks with the Titans last year at one edge spot. And, you know, the other edge spot is some combination of Travis Gibson and Dominic Robinson. Those two guys last year, after week two, combined for one sack uh, over something like 1,100 snaps between the two of them. So um, it's a major problem, and uh, the Bears, I don't think, are going to be able to fix it uh, this season, but it's got to it's be better than it was last year. I'm not good at math, but one snap over uh, one sack over 1,100 snaps—that's not a good ratio. I'm pretty sure. Less than ideal. Yes, less than ideal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good point. Okay, uh, you mentioned adding Edmonds and also Edwards. How much can they turn things around on this defense? Yeah, well, part of the reason that they traded Roquan Smith was that Matt Eberflus said that he didn't have the kind of ball production that he had uh, that he would like. Now, Roquan goes to the Ravens, and the Ravens give him $100 million <laughs> as an extension, and we can sit here and have a long conversation over uh, who would you trust more in identifying the star. You know, the Ravens defense, which has been good for 20 years, or the Bears. Um, so they signed, they signed Edmonds. I think Edmonds is a really good player, but Edmonds has less ball production than Roquan. So it's, a really, it's really circuitous logic there. But, you know, their hope is kind of in the modern football uh, it, you know, the, the way everybody's playing now is having somebody with the height and length in the middle of the field is going to close down those passing lanes in a way uh, that uh, that would make the Bears unique. Uh, you know, and we'll see whether that works. We'll see whether that happens. I, I really do think they're going to be only as good as their defensive line. And one thing they did do is they drafted defensive tackles in the second and the third round in an attempt to try to kind of dent the pocket from the middle as opposed to the outside. Uh, that'll help. That'll help Edmonds, but I, I don't think they're going to turn uh, him into a takeaway machine right away. Which is interesting because you mentioned, you know, Matt Eberflus and his defensive background. Uh, he was the Colts' defensive coordinator for four years before coming to Chicago, and that's what he was able to do. He was able to turn, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, a bunch of players, uh, you know, Darius Leonard, Jack Leonard, into uh, into takeaway machines, and uh, that didn't happen last year with the Bears, but. He was given a pretty lousy roster to work with. Okay, there's some talent in the secondary, certainly, including safeties, Eddie Jackson, Joquan Brisker. How good's the secondary? How good can that be if they get some kind of pass rush? I love Brisker. Brisker was a second-round pick out of Penn State last year and a really good hard-nosed player, brings, brings the physicality. That they like. He actually led them in sacks last year, which, by the way, is damning with St. Praise. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's good. Eddie Jackson had a really resurgent season. You know, I don't know what you remember, but a couple of years ago, I mean, this is the Pro Bowl guy. This is somebody who yeah. uh, was one of the most dynamic DBs in football, and uh, uh, he wasn't very good two years ago. Last year he was, and then he had a list Frank injury. In November, he's recovered from that. So those two safeties are as interesting of a safety pairing as you're going to find in the league. Then you've got Jalen Johnson at one corner. You know, he might get a contract. 
discussion here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and then uh, Tyreek Stevenson uh, is the second-round pick that they drafted out of Miami this year who has the inside edge to start at that other corner spot. And then you've got Kyler Gordon from Washington uh, in the slot. So, you know, all those guys I mentioned except for Eddie Jackson, they're all under 25. And if they can stick, uh, you know, they have a chance to be together uh, for the next three or four years and grow together and, and probably be pretty good. But, you know, they always say that, uh, what is it, pass rush and coverage work hand-in-hand. Hand. Uh, if yeah. you don't have one, it's going to be really hard to have the other. That would be 100% correct. Talking Bears with uh, Patrick Finley of the Chicago Sun-Times. Okay, I lived in Chicago and covered the Bears for nine years. I'm curious, how's this loyal fan base reacting to all this the last couple of years? Dustin <laughs> um, Fields is as exciting of an offensive player as maybe they've ever had. <laughs> and uh, that's been really, you know, last year, you know, I watched a really bad team play football uh, 17 times last year, but you never knew what you were going to see from Fields, and that was just a really special feeling. That doesn't mean he's the quarterback of the future, though, and, and that's something that the Bears have got to figure out this year. You have a fan base coming out to practice, and you're living and dying with everything you know. You know, how did he look today? How did he look on that drive? How did he look in two minutes? Um, and that's, that's kind of a dangerous place to live on August 1st, <laughs> but uh, safe to say that the Bears uh, can't wait to see him when things matter. You know, Mitch Trubisky was here with the number two overall pick. You know, two, two years into his career, we thought Trubisky was the guy. He went to a global. Uh, he, was, he was improving, and then he kind of hit a wall. That's exactly where Fields is in his career right now, and he can't hit that wall. He's got to make the next the next step there. And like I said, if he can just be a league average passer, along with what one of the best five runners of the football in the NFL, like like that's a that's a wonderful wonderful place to start uh, for an off- for a franchise that offensively has just never been much any. All right, so what's your take on the NFC North without Aaron Rodgers? And I'm sure that uh, that part there pleases Bears fans, that he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting to see this rivalry uh, when the other team doesn't have a, have a Hall of Fame quarterback under center for the first time in 30 years. Uh, right. I, I think it's wide open. Uh, you know, on paper, you look at Detroit and you go, it's got to be Detroit, right? But, you know, I have – I've lived – you know, I'm 43 years old. I've, I, I've lived a life in which it's never Detroit. So it's really hard for me to make that leap that this is the year for them. I think Minnesota is probably where I'd go uh, right now to start with. It, it feels like, you know, they need to get younger uh, fast and, and maybe that's starting next year. But, you know, Kirk Cousins is okay, and, and Jefferson's amazing. And, you know, they've got enough veterans on that defense that I think I'd, I think I'd pick Minnesota if I had to. In terms of the Packers, I don't think Jordan Love's any good. But that's not based on anything. The guy hasn't played enough for any of us to make any sort of grand declaration. But, you know, if you never want to be the guy following the guy, right, that's the thing, uh, Jordan Love's just in the worst position in the, in the history of football and that he's got to be the guy following you know, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, it, it feels like it's going to be a disappointment, uh, almost oh. certainly. Okay, so bottom line here, they, you know, you know that over-under you know, basically is seven and a half wins. That, that's a big jump from last season, so over-under seven and a half wins. Yeah, I, I had them at eight and nine. And, you know, winning five more games than you did the previous year, that's a good year. Like, that's, it, you know, it that, is. that's obviously not, that's not what anybody's shooting for here, but that's a good year. And, you know, if they could go eight and nine, if they can play meaningful games after Thanksgiving, and if they can figure out what they have in fields. And I'm not saying – 
you know, that feels has to be the man. But you got to know either yes or no. If you've got that at the end of the season, uh, and then you've got you know two number one draft picks to play with, and right now they have the most salary cap money in the league, uh, you know that's that's an okay jumping off point. You know I don't think playoffs are realistic here, but boy, you can set yourself up uh, to try and make them next season. And if Fields is the man, boy, that makes everything a lot easier. Patrick, good stuff. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to say I'm, I'm certain we'll check back during the season. I'm not sure if we'll do that. Depends on how well they do. <laughs> so, well, we're hopefully sure, we're we check for back. Relevant. Yeah, we're, right. we're rooting for yeah. relevant football around here, and, and, and it, if so, I look forward to talking to you. <laughs> yeah, for, for, for your case, I hope we do check back with you because you know, there's nothing worse than watching 17 weeks of bad football, which you're ten, certainly ten straight, last ten year. Straight, yeah, 10 straight losses. Not a, no, oh, yeah. not a good That's way to That's always fun. That's always <laughs> a blast. Okay, thanks, Patrick. I appreciate it. Hey, anytime.